I do appreciate the opportunity to just uh, share the, the pulpit with Rich. Uh, you know, James tells us that not many of you should become teachers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness, and it certainly is with much fear and trepidation that I would stand here today uh, and uh, it's, it's certainly my sincere hope that uh, together uh, the Holy Spirit would guide us into truth today. So let's open with prayer. God, I do thank you for your holy word that is a light uh, to our path and a, and a lamp unto our feet. God, would you give us that light today? We live in a world that's growing darker and darker, and it, it's the time that you've placed us. And so, God, may you light our own path that we may give light to others and be ambassadors for Christ. Equip us today for those purposes, and we pray it through Christ. Amen. I'm going to go ahead and wear my glasses. I can... Uh, so I want to begin with a little Bible drill, so it'll be easy for most of you. Uh, I'm going to start the verse, and then you complete it, okay? You'll, you'll get the hang of it. You're not going to have time to look them up, so just hang with me here. Uh, Habakkuk 2.4, the just shall live by uh, Ephesians 2.8, for by grace are you saved through Catching on. Romans 4.13, for the promise to Abraham and his offspring did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of Romans 5.1, therefore, since we have been justified by, pretty easy, I think, isn't it? You're catching on. Uh, Romans 5.2, through him we have also obtained access by, into his grace. Galatians 3.14, we receive the promised spirit through Galatians 5.5, 5, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness through the spirit by, sounds like these are critical issues and doctrines that are all tied to faith. We live by it. We're saved by it. We obtain righteousness through it. We are justified by it. We have access to grace by it. We received the Spirit through it. We wait for ultimate righteousness by it. You get the sense that, that faith is important in the life of a Christian. And the truth is, faith is where the promises and the work of God is made real in us. His redeemed. If you read through the letter to the Hebrews, one concern for the author is that Christians remain strong in faith. Listen to these verses. Chapter 3, verse 12, warns of the danger of developing a heart of unbelief. No faith. It's a warning. Later in verses 16 and 19, it says, it was the lack of faith 
that destroyed Israel in the wilderness. Chapter 10, verse 22, there's an exhortation to draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. And then verses 35 to 39, and then chapter 6, 11 and 12, the author wants them to have a faith which endures to the end so that they may receive what is promised. Remain strong in faith. Yes, faith is important to the Christian, but what's faith for? That was the title in your bulletin, right? To be honest, I have no idea. You're going to have to ask Rich or Michael. If, uh, actually, I'm, I'm not going to show you some heretofore hidden secret on faith that none of us have ever heard. I'm not going to give you the latest seven-step formula to your best life now. That's already been done. But what I will try to tell you is what I read the other day in my Bible study. Simple enough. As I was reading through Hebrews, the Lord showed me some things in chapter 11 that I thought were worth sharing in hopes that it would be a blessing to you as well. Rich will pick up with 2 Kings 4 next week. So Hebrews 11 has been described as the hall of faith because it it profiles the lives of saints of old whose life stories are provided to us as examples of faith. And we'll see, their lives are really no different than ours, just They just happened a long time ago. But we live right now, 2022. So how are we going to live? What's what's faith for, for us? So would you stand for the reading of God's Word, Hebrews 11. So I'm going to, I'll read fast. We're going to read the whole chapter just so we get the whole picture. I think I like, I like it and it's important. Hebrews chapter 11. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, He went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, 
heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants, as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had the opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he, was, he has prepared for them a city. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able to even raise him up from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did not receive him back. He did receive him back. By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he, was, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. Here's the crescendo. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might, not, might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging, even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, 
They were killed by the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy. Wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth, all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better for us that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. It was long. It was good. So, what's faith for? It's been described by some as something we possess and deploy as a sort of superpower that's used to create or define or manufacture our own future or reality. You heard this? They say it's for believing things into being. I'm I'm sure you've heard, if we just have enough faith, we can bring about whatever we wish, right? Okay, it's something that we can use as a power to write our own future. But this is not what faith is for. It's a, that's a false doctrine. I, I like the way John MacArthur describes this, this, this false doctrine. We have the power of faith that can change how people treat us. We have the power of faith that can change our economic situation, that can take us from poverty to wealth, that can take us from having little to having much, from being deprived to being prosperous, from being a failure to being successful, from being a nobody to being somebody, from having only ambitions and hopes and dreams to experiencing fulfillment. That's what some believe faith is for, but it's not. He goes on to define what faith is. I like this definition. Faith is a God-given ability to trust the future that God has promised you. Faith can produce confident trust in his future. You see the difference? These two perspectives on faith. The difference, here's the way I see it. The difference is who's in the center of this world? Am I the center of everything or is God? Is it, us attempting to write our own desired history? Or are we willing to allow God to define it for us so that we can walk in the center of his will? In the center of his plan. The good news is that we're on this side of the promise as believers. Right? Think about the saints of old we just read. They're looking forward. They just had... God told them what to do, and they're just walking. They're just having to follow day after day God's plan. But we're on this side of the promise as believers. We have the Holy Spirit to guide us into his will. It's not the other way around that we're trying to guide God into our will. Listen to how Paul describes this in Romans 12, 1 and 2. I like how the Amplified versions worded it. 
said, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you, in view of all the mercies of God, to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice. Holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, your rational, your intelligent service and spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world or to this age fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitude, that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. Again, you see the difference? Am I trying to write and define history for my life, my own destiny, because I'm believing it, or am I trusting, am I submitting my life as a living sacrifice to God and allowing him to show me his will and following in that? That's the two perspectives that I see. So what's faith for? Uh, Here's would be one of my answers I would start with. To trust God for the future he has for me, one that's revealed through the scriptures and by the Holy Spirit as I seek to know his ways and walk therein. I'm going to read it again for you. What is faith for? It's to trust God for the future he has for me. One that's revealed through the scriptures and by the Holy Spirit as I seek to know his ways and walk therein. Here's the problem. It's not that easy, is it? Sin has complicated this world and our lives immensely. And life can get very difficult at times. And we, we just we don't know which way to turn. So it's, it's just it's not that simple. You know, we just open your Bible every morning and pray and read it, and everything's going to be fine. We, we often don't know what God's will is. So we try to, what do we do? We try to persuade him. All right? We're going to help him out when we pray. These, these are often not light and momentary afflictions. They last a long time. It may be physical ailments. It may be relational. They're often, they're deep, long-lasting hurts and confusion. They're ours. They're our loved ones. It's those around us. They're, these are various trials we, we have all faced, we are facing, or we're going to face. Right? Listen, look around you. Everybody's involved in one of those three places right now. You're, you have been, you are, you're fixing to be. We, we want life to, to bounce like a basketball, right? Okay, you throw it, you know where it's going. But guess what? Life's a football. 
Can I get a who day? <laughs> oh, wait, no, sorry. <laughs> Life doesn't bounce like a basketball. It bounces like a football. The physical, the emotional, the relational pain is hard. And we just, we want it fixed. We want it to go away. We want things to go back to normal. Back when times were good or easier or happy. Right, Steve? We can all be happy. But sadly, we, we can't always have it that way. Maybe in time, like Joseph, it took him a while, didn't it? But no, we don't have a superpower to believe it into submission. We pray and things don't change, so we think it's our fault because we don't have enough faith. We might even find ourselves drifting away from the Lord because it's getting so hard. And we, that was the author's One of his premises was, don't drift. Hard times often can cause us to miss the big E on the eye chart. I think that's one of Rich's sayings, isn't it? We can lose sight of God's purposes and, and maybe never even see them. Or we don't want to admit that what I want is not what he wants or what someone else wants as destructive as it may be. Well, look at uh, Acts 2. Turn with me there. This is Peter's sermon at Pentecost. Acts 2, verses, verse, starting with verse 22 and 23. And understanding God's purposes versus ours. Acts 2, 23. He said, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. Luke records something very similar in 4, 27 and 28. Tell me, which first one to name gets a prize? Which one of the disciples said on Good Friday, hey, just hang on, everything's going to be fine. Sunday, it's all going to be okay. They, they, didn't, they, they didn't know. He told, I told you. No, they, they couldn't figure it out. They're despondent. They all left. Didn't they? Every one of them. But Sunday, they figured it out. We're no different. We're unable to see the plan of God that's being accomplished in our lives or in the lives around us. Okay? According to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, this was a plan all along, and they still didn't see it. We can't see it often. Yes, he's in control. Yes, you and I do dumb stuff. 
But it doesn't mean that the story's over and things are never going to change. They may, and guess what? They may not. That's the hard part. Or it, it may take years. The good news is that he's given us examples of those who have, and we can learn how they lived a life of faith. It's a day at a time. Thinking about the hall of faith that we read earlier in Hebrews 11, are, are they there for their superpowers of being able to define their own destiny through faith? And think about it. We read it all. Did they define that, their own destiny? Of course not. Because if their great faith would have allowed them to write their future, do you think they would have written it as we know it? Hello? If, from the human perspective, they had perhaps the option, they might have written their story differently. I don't know, it wouldn't, it's probably not even might. They would have, right? Most all of their stories are filled with trials. Would Abel have chosen to be killed by his brother Cain? Would he have written it that way? Of course not. Would Noah have chosen to be mocked by his neighbors for 120 years? We get a little pressure for, for 120 minutes at work or in the neighborhood, and we think we're going to crumble. He was mocked for 120 years, and he's building a boat for something that has never been seen before. Abraham and Sarah, Moses and Joseph must have had significant questions about their paths, right? All while thinking God had called them to one that was far different. Joseph, I think, is probably my favorite. Okay? Do you think Joseph would have created the, the winding path and think about that. You write your own destiny. That's what faith's for, they say. Would he have created this winding path of dreams followed by the hate and jealousy of his brothers, being sold into slavery, the false accusation by Potiphar's wife and extended imprisonment, and these uh, baker and the cupbearer that didn't help him out, all undoubtedly leading to questioning of whether he had heard God correctly or why all the unfairness in his life. It wasn't until he was made governor, he was second only to Potiphar, some 13 years later, that he was able to see God's hand through it all. And you notice that he's not mentioned in this chapter because he had faith through it all right? At the end of Genesis, he says, his brothers come, and he says, you know what? I now understand, okay? He's not mentioned in Hebrews because of that. It was because he was trusting God for his future and gave directions concerning his bones, okay? It's not because he finally understood and that he didn't give up. He didn't sacrifice his moral character with Potiphar's wife. That's significant for us every day. But that's not why he's mentioned for his faith. It's 
because he was trusting God for his future. Some were tortured, others suffered mocking and flogging, chains and imprisonment, stones, sawn in two. They were killed with a sword, went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, wandering in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. Um, yeah, they, they determined their own future. They wrote that by their faith. From a human perspective, if these champions of faith somehow had the power to write their own future, they would have written it differently than, God, than how God wrote it. But instead, they trusted God for the future he had for them, one that God revealed to them step by step, day by day, as they sought to know his ways and to walk therein. So, as I close, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it to a crescendo instead of bringing it in for a landing. What, what's faith for? And so, as I, as I just read, again, just read, reading through Hebrews, and this chapter in particular, uh, I, I wrote down this little hallelujah list. Again, this is, this is everyday stuff for us, for anybody. You know, and it's not exhaustive. I can read it again and again and again, like we all do. And I can find, God will point something else out. But listen to this. When we live by faith, we receive the commendation and approval of God. I want that. When we live by faith, we receive divine understanding, direction, and insight for life. That's good stuff. When we live by faith, we can understand our purpose in life, why and how we were created. That's right there in Hebrews 11. Why the world exists. When we live by faith, we can know what a proper sacrifice is, that we come to God on his terms, not ours. Cain, Abel. Truth is not whatever you believe it is. We have to come on his terms. When we live by faith, we can know how to be pleasing to God and be rewarded in return. Noah and Abraham followed in faith, unable to see the future, although they were living like aliens in the world, they were rewarded. When we live by faith, We can stand firm against the onslaught of persecution from the world. That's going to get harder and harder, I believe. But guess what? We can stand. When we live by faith, God accomplishes his purposes through us. Do you want that? God working through us. We're his ambassadors sent out into the world And he says, I'm sending you to represent me because I have a story of redemption I need to give to that person. When we live by faith, our posterity reaps the benefits too. You think about saint after saint in Hebrews 11, their posterity, generations, 
benefited. Our posterity will too. When we live by faith, we can receive salvation for ourselves and our family. When we live by faith, impossibilities are possible. When we live by faith, we can have a limitless impact on the world and those around us. When we live by faith, we are able to confess that we are strangers and exiles, and the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. When we live by faith, we will desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called our God, for he has prepared for us a city. How's that sound to you? I know those are things that I'd like to see God do in my life. I'd like to see him do it in yours and in our church. All I need is a life of faith, right? Because that's what faith's for. But dear saints, we, just like they, still may die in faith without receiving the promises. Don't lose sight of that. But nevertheless, we'll see them in other ways as strangers and exiles on the earth. But I can trust him for the future he has for me, one that's revealed through the Scriptures and by the Holy Spirit as I seek to know his ways and walk therein. Yes, I can. Yes, you can by his power working in us, and that's what faith is for. Oh, the depths, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable are his ways. Let's close in prayer. For this reason, we bow our knees before you, Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of your glory, you may grant us to be strengthened with power through your Spirit in our inner being, so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, To him be glory in the church and in Jesus Christ through all generations forever and ever. Amen.